Welcome to Flopography, where we revisit old pop albums that are known by many, not because of their critical or commercial success, but because of their lack thereof. These albums received the designation of flop. But did we give them a fair shake? Welcome to episode six of season two of Flopography. We took a bit of a hiatus, but not as big of a hiatus as the female's album that we will be reviewing ah, today. Ah, you like that, clever. Mike? That was pretty clever, Steve. I'll give you that. Um, so it's it's been a few weeks since Mike and I last reviewed our uh, last album, which was Shawn Mendes's Wonder. But Mike, since then, it's been busy with the holiday season, I'm sure. Uh, work gearing up in Q4. What what have you been up to the past few weeks and how was your holiday? Honestly, Steve, like it's been busy. I'm kind of glad we took the break because... I've barely been surviving as it is with everything going on in life and at work. And, you know, I'm selling my condo soon. So that's a big announcement. And I'm, uh, Oh wow. I didn't know that. Yep. It's on the market. Um, and I am actively looking for houses. So ready for that next step there. And, uh, you know, just just keeping busy with social things as well and trying to stay afloat and stay away from Omicron. So uh, that's what I've been yeah. up to. How about you, Steve? That's fair. Um, and are you looking in the Chicago area? Any specific neighborhoods you're looking for new new homes? I'm moving to Ohio. No, I'm kidding. No, I am. Oh, um, that would have been a real twist. That's, that's your dream. That's your dream. I know. And I am going to be looking in, in the Chicagoland area. Probably not Chicago. I mean, I'm open-minded, but I'm I'm a bird boy. You know, I'm a bird boy. So I you're a bird boy. You like to your cycle bar. Exactly. Like I love that. I love the burbs. So the burbs. For us, it's been a busy few weeks. We've had last week. Jenny was saying she had a friend from high school, a friend from college, and a friend from Chicago all visit LA. So we were out three different nights. Uh, who's from Chicago that she visit visited her? I want to know that. <laughs> oh, her friend Joanna and Corey, they visited. We had brunch in uh, Silver Lake on Saturday. Uh, oh. We went to, uh, actually, something pretty cool is that her friend, uh, Anna, whose friend from college was in town and her husband is a general manager of A Christmas Carol. Uh, so he got us tickets to go see that live in the theater on Broadway and then we went to the cast after party afterward. I don't know if I'm supposed to share that, but we're we were investors, Mike. But yeah, it's been it's been a very busy few weeks, and so I appreciated the time off. We've been kept busy by our new dog, who we introduced last time, Henry, uh, who has changed our life completely. I now get up at you know 7 a.m. every morning and take Henry uh, to the dog park. We take him in the dog park in the afternoon. I tried to, you know, train him to run. He jogs and likes to sniff a lot, so that's a little bit difficult. And right now, he's licking my toe as we're as we're podcasting. So Aww. this is a really professional environment, Mike. Better than a pedicure, right? So anyway, let's get to the album that we'll be reviewing today, which is Fergie's Fergie Ferg's Double Duchess. This is Mike's pick, uh, and I listened to this album for the first time, although I had heard one song from the album. It was an experience. Uh, but before we get into the music, Mike, is there a reason you're wearing the the black? It looks like it's almost like a velvet hoodie. 
Yeah, it's velvet. Um, I actually bought it last um, holiday. I'd never worn it until now, really. So, um, no, Steve, I was like, I need something urban. And I feel like when I think of Fergie, I think of urban and hip hop. So I'm like, okay, this is, this looks cool and sleek. There's a black kind of stri stripe throughout the arms here. So I, I think it looks pretty cool and pretty Fergie. How about you? And that fedora, right? Or bucket? Yeah, it's actually, I bought it. Jenny and I bought it when we were in Positano in Italy, and I've worn it like once, and that was when I was in Italy. So uh -huh. I thought I'd break it out because I thought Fergie was into hats, but apparently she's not after like she isn't. <laughs> I Googled a couple pictures, and she had hats on, and they were all like funky you know what you should have done, Steve? You should have wore worn pants and had a wet stain by the crotch area because, you know, Fergie pissed herself one time, right? This On wasn't stage. during the national anthem, was it? No, it was not that something else, but she pissed <laughs> herself in a performance and she legit had urine all over her. But that'd be gross. Never mind. Sorry, listeners, it's gross. Yeah. They know that I'm a problem. That's why everybody's scared. Yeah. Whatever doesn't kill you can make you an illionaire. Yeah. Uh. So turn the headphones up. Or make the windows roll up. I make the hands go up when I show up and I blow up till I pull up. Wait, hold up. Before we dive into the numbers, let's give a little context to Double Duchess. So with Fergie, we know that she was a part of the Black Eyed Peas for years. Uh, but this was her second studio album as a solo artist, and it was a follow-up to The Duchess. The album was released September 22nd, 2017. She said, a braingasm would happen, and I just jot down in my journal, record a voice note on my phone during the time her son was born. Uh, and she commenced working on the record in earnest, like a year after Axel was born. She divorced Josh du is it Dumal? Dumal. Yeah, Dumal. And that was, did you remember much about their relationship? It was yeah, pretty highly publicized. For, they were, I think they were together for quite a bit, actually. Um, and I think they were known as a pretty solid relationship. And if I remember correctly, um, when they broke up, it was kind of shocking. The Double Duchess is, is a continuation of The Duchess, right? Uh, her original album, both in terms of lyrical honesty and musical variety, uh, and really, Duchess introduced who she was as a person, individual from the Black Eyed Peas. Fergie said, I'm just a girl in the Black Eyed Peas. Duchess was a way to let um, you in a bit. On this record, I was able to go deeper, to go straight to the emotions. Uh, Toby Gad, who co-wrote Big Girls Don't Cry, which was her largest hit from her previous album, uh, as well as Beyonce's If I Were a Boy and John Legend's All of Me, collaborated on the Double Duchess as well. Functioning for the first time as her own executive producer, Fergie, on Double Duchess, and released the record for the first time through her own label, which was called Duchess Music, an imprint of BMG. And Fergie figured the album-making process wouldn't take more than a year. And as we'll dive in, it took quite a bit longer. She put out a song called L.A. Love, which I had never heard. Um, and so that was interesting that that was a single, because I was like, I didn't hear this on the radio, but it was a mm -hmm. top 40 single with a beat from D DJ Mustard, and that was released in 2014, assuming that like her LP would follow up pretty um, pretty soon. Uh, and she said, I really thought I was going to come with that song and have the album right afterwards. Uh, it just wasn't ready. I didn't realize how long things take, especially having a kid. I've never done this before, but I wasn't proud of the work yet. So with the delay, she promised a video for every song, um, which I didn't watch every video, but maybe you did, Mike. 
I think I did actually because I actually downloaded when the album came out the other disc of it, whatever you want to call it, with all the videos on it. And to be honest, it's nothing to be excited about. They all kind of look the same in black and white. And, you know, there's some good ones, but not, not many. With that delay, she released LA Love in 2014 and the album came out in 2017 in the fall. So Mike, now let's get into the album by the numbers. So uh, looking at the first week sales, uh, Double Duchess sold a mere 21,000 units uh, compared to the Duchess, which sold 142,000 units. She had two album singles that charted in the Hot 100. One was LA Love, which peaked at number 27 and spent 18 weeks on the chart. And one was MILF Money, which peaked at number 28 and spent three weeks on the chart. All my girls on fleek, cause we You got that, you got that milk money. Neither were big chart successes. Yeah. I specifically remember when MILF Money came out. And I remember LA Love too. But when MILF Money came out, I think everyone was in the kitchen of the company that Jenny and I um, are slash were at and watching the video, which probably should not have been happening at work, let's be honest, um, and being like, oh my God. Not safe for work. Yeah, this is definitely NSFW. Um, But being like, wow, oh my God. But also like, didn't really click with GP. The album longevity, so Double Duchess peaked at number 19 and only spent two weeks on the Billboard 200. And it's not certified in terms of units at all. The Duchess spent 94 weeks. So that's 92 weeks more than Double Duchess. Peaked at number two and is five times platinum for selling 5 million units. Now, critically, the Double Duchess had a 53% on Metacritic. The Duchess had a 58%. So it's not that the Duchess was necessarily rated that highly. Positively, uh, someone wrote, she's a shapeshifter with a fun new album. And negatively, somebody wrote, it's been roughly a decade since Fergie dominated the pop charts without the help of the Black Eyed Peas. And she wants you to know that she's still ambitious, still hungry. On Hungry, the opening track for a long-awaited sophomore effort, Double Duchess. Uh, but like Gwen Stefani, who also broke ranks with her famous band in the mid-aughts and attempted a comeback at least five years too late, Fergie struggles to balance the new with the old throughout the album. Yeah. Oh, my God. Whoever wrote that review is spot the F on. Like, because I often compare Gwen to Fergie because they're both in the same, same situation. But also, I think the differences with Fergie, and, and I know we're getting a little bit too deep into this, but she, the Duchess was largely produced by Will I Am of the Black Eyed Peas. 
And I think that there's definitely, she didn't veer far away from what Black Eyed Peas was known for and what they were good for. But now that we're through the numbers, let's talk about specifically the intangibles and the analysis of the record and discussing whether it truly is a flop or not. Describe your initial reaction to the album. Anticipation more than anything, because I, I mean, let's be honest. Let's, let's say it now. Duchess was an iconic album. It dominated the charts. They had like what, like almost four or five number one singles. It was, it was dominating the charts and so i was uh, excited because she had built up you know awareness about this for four years since her lead single with la love and i was really excited and upon I mean, are you asking upon listening to it or upon its delivery because those are two different things too let's start with the delivery because it seems like that's what you're talking about right now yeah. whether it's on spotify or vinyl or cd how did you react to it the first it was time a very it? weird time in the music industry so i don't know if it was what what <laughs> but her first couple singles nothing really excited me you know um la love i thought was eh. um milf money i thought it caught on it was catchy but it was a little bit too like hollaback girl like you know we're trying to be brash and annoying and catty and trying to get attention with that and both to be honest were, were tired i thought they were tired it was a lot like duchess and we needed fergie to move into a different direction it's not how it was 11 years prior with with that album on duchess and the whole album just publishing and this process itself was a mess and a half steve like this was Pop blogs were just like talking about when will this album be released? This is such a mess. It leaked ahead of time. I remember downloading one of the leaks. I'm sorry, feds, but I downloaded a legal version and like literally months ahead of when it was supposed to be released. And the rest is kind of like ugh, from there. When I first listened to the album, I felt like I couldn't get a real feel on the direction of the album. I don't know Fergie all that well. And like, Obviously, I know she's a part of the Black Eyed Peas, but I wouldn't necessarily consider the singles that she came out with in uh, with the Duchess as necessarily full on hip hop. But I felt like she really leaned into it in this album. Yeah. Um, so it mixed like pop, hip hop, R&B, rock, even like jazz, which made it kind of not feel cohesive and kind of contributed to maybe feeling a bit like a mess in general. Yeah. Uh, and so, but it was quintessential Fergie. I think Fergie is almost deliberately messy at times. One of the quotes that I really liked from one of the critics was, uh, with its bratty hip hop boast, playground chants, winsome ballads of puppy love and dated samples, Double Duchess sounds as though it was made in 1997 by a 21 year old, not 2017 by a 42 year old. Talk about being ageist. Like that's just not a cool statement from my perspective because I still think you could be bratty and fun and sassy in your 40s. Well, and remember, this was 2017. So now, it feels like a decade ago with how yeah. much progress we've made. And like, especially with, with like the female empowerment movement with Me Too. And I think that that 
definitely like even in reading the reviews played a bit of a role in I think the demise of this album because I think that if it had that context that there are certain things that might have been seen in a bit of a different light but we'll get into that as we start diving more into the album so Mike describe your low moment of the era you know I'm gonna go with the hip-hop not because of the hip-hop sound but in kind of the same vein of what you were just saying Steve about 2017 feels like it was a decade ago because of so much progress we have made. As I was listening to the album again for this podcast, I felt there was a lot of black fishing and where Fergie is using a black scent for, you know, what, what people call in terms of trying to speak as one may perceive as a black individual and trying to use a hip hop tone that sounds inauthentic with, Irish woman, right? And in terms of her background. And it makes me feel a little icky about it. And to be honest, it's like, wow, did did she really do this in 2017? And to me, it showed no progress in her sound and owning who she is authentically nearly 11 years after her, her last, her first album. So to me, the low moment, I picked a, a song and it was uh, Love is Pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the last song on the album Her voice really isn't her strongest attribute, in my opinion. I felt that there are moments when she was supposed to be able to hit a note that she wasn't able to. Anyway, Mike, what uh, should have been a single, in your opinion? Ooh, um, tension, for sure. Uh, Tension's probably the strongest track that was not technically a single. It's uh, a really good flat road for those who are spin people. Um, and it's just groovy. And it was produced by Alesso without sounding too EDM-like. It had really good lyrics. It was written by Justin Tranter, um, who's a really big pop juggernaut in the songwriting space, as well as Diana Gordon, who is um, kind of a, uh, well, she was an EDM artist, but anyways, she's fantastic. But that song is fantastic, and I thought it could have been good um, as a single. All this tension that we can control There were parts of the album that I had fun with. And like, I was like, okay, this is a, this is a kind of like, it's not a bop, but it's something that I felt was fun. And I like, I could see why people would actually enjoy that song, but it was tough to find something that I felt like was radio friendly. Mm-hmm. So I went with, you already know. Uh, I well, felt it was that single though. <laughs> it was, it didn't chart. So yeah, that's true. Here. I considered I considered it not an official single in the U.S., but I thought it was a catchy chorus with it did have that jock jam sample mm-hmm. uh, and a Nicki Minaj feature, which I felt like were two things that would really lend a bit of, uh, you know, excitement from the GP. And that song, I so I didn't I, I would have said that one if it wasn't technically a single, but if if I would have picked that because that song they had 
she performed it at a concert like a year or half or two before it was actually released finally. And I remember hearing the, the clips of it and I'm like, oh my God, this is a bop and a half. Like this would be a really good track for her to release. And then she did it, what, <laughs> years later? By then, Nikki's kind of, well, Nikki was not hot, I don't think in 2017 when it was released. And, you know, her time had kind of passed a little bit. But I will tell you, again, one of my biggest indicators of whether a song's a bop or not, I when I play that song in cycle class, and actually that song was in my first class ever, like people get down to it. They just like are loving it because it's just a, it's undeniably a good track and missed opportunity by her not releasing that even as the first single at that time. That's right, baby. You already know. You already know. Hope you're ready, ready, steady, steady, rocking. Let it go, get bored. I just can't hold back and forth because I'm the girl with soul and controlling effects. So what the heck? The discotheque is this proof is the next. So to you, what aged the best on the album or uh, within the era? For me, the sound when this was released was dated largely. And I think it still is. And it's she's it's her trying to extend to what she said as a 2.0 of the Duchess. And it just did not work in 2017. So I don't know if anything has aged the best. Minus yeah, I'm curious why she why she was so focused on even having the same album title, like yeah, 10 years later. 11, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that because I didn't feel like people would connect with that except like, I mean, she doesn't have the fandom that like a lot of the big pop female stars we've, we've featured here True. do. So like, it's not like I felt like that was very inside baseball. Like nobody's really going to care that it's a follow up to the Duchess. And maybe she just wanted to extend the like build up, build upon the popularity of her first album. But, you know, 10 years is a long time in the music industry, as we all know. Time. I mean, see, if we were to make an episode of the biggest factors of a flop, time between releases is a huge one. And Fergie I think you're spot on with saying she doesn't have a fandom. She's not Adele. You know, she can't wait years at a time to release an album. Like she is what I would call fast food pop music. You know, people go in, it feels good. It tastes nice, but it's not healthy. It's not sustainable. And I honestly think that because of that, she, it was a huge misstep in this entire era. So to me, what aged the best is actually uh, MILF money. And I say that because, I think it's truly like a an equivalent to a WAP today ah. in, in, in some ways. Yeah. Like it's a bit yeah. of a female empowerment track. It featured a video of like famous moms making their own like got milk. It included Kim Kardashian, Sierra, Chrissy, uh, Chrissy Teigen. And if you equate it to WAP, which featured Kylie Jenner uh, and other Normani. famous people. And it was heralded, but it's a different context, right? And a quote I found said, and when Fergie does address address maturity on uh, MILF money, she could be mistaken for a surgically enhanced porn star trying to break into pop. Oh and so God. this is the type of quotes that were around MILF money. So it's it just goes to show you that the context matters. And had MILF money been the WAP of 
double duchess, that could have started a string of hits that changed the game for Fergie. Yeah, this is this is said probably way too much in the pop landscape, but perhaps that song was ahead of its time in terms of owning female sexuality and age. And I think spot on, Steve, it could have performed extremely well in 2021. What didn't age well? I really do think that the fact that holistically as an album, she tried to replicate the producers and the sounds of the Duchess. It was basically almost a carbon copy for what the Duchess was. And, and Steve, you know, you said the Duchess, I think you had some mixed thoughts on it, but that was a really like popular album, right? Glamorous. And uh, what else do they have? Fergalicious. Like, Fergalicious. London Brood. That was a huge album, but you, you can't take the same producers, Polo to Don, um, will I am and expect to have the same magic with it, right? And I think what happened with her is she, like many artists we review, gets so stuck in that th- thought and art process that they end up making shit. <laughs> All of the samples kind of felt like ripoffs. Like if you listen to a lot of the music, there was like jock jams in the background for that song that I referenced earlier as my yeah, single. Yeah, yeah the cliche lyrics in in Shantae there the beat felt like kind of ubiquitous and and it seemed like something I'd heard a million times to your point like a carbon copy of music that I've heard before Probably some of what was on the Duchess, but just other things in the cultural zeitgeist to try. Hey, let's throw in that beat or let's throw in this uh, lyric or sample or something to kind of uh, give this song a little bit more meat. It didn't wasn't able to kind of stand alone. So, Mike, what's your rationale for what went wrong with the album? A repeat. Uh, re- repeat and rinse of of her last album, Duchess. It's 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 just clear as day. But as well as the fact that there's a huge gap between her last album and she does, she doesn't have the star power to do that. I, I, I honestly think that Fergie should make a reset before her next album. Um, but that I think those two factors are, are what really caused that. I'm curious to hear your thoughts, though. I think when you start an album and release your first song, what in 2014, the album mm. releases in 2017. It's it goes back to the issues that we had with Invincible, for example, where you take so long to produce an album that by the time it comes out, it feels very dated. It was meant to be a follow up in the beginning. But, you know, 10 years later, it's not a true follow up. She also was a victim of when she released the album. Will I Am was quoted saying during this time, since the beginning of the Black Eyed Peas, we've always had amazing vocalists that appeared on the mic with us. People like Macy Gray, uh, Debbie Nova, Estro, Fergie will always work with good females. And there was this big like article about how it was downplaying Fergie's importance in the band. And so it was interesting to me that like it felt like everyone was kind of going against 
Fergie a bit. Some of the songs were ahead of its time and could have been plopped into 2021, like Milf Money, like a lot of these like retro 90s jock jam samples that like is is now like a rebirth for Gen Z of interest in the 90s. So I think those there were a few things at play, but I think it was the timing, whether that means like the context of when it was released into the Will I Am quote, or whether that is like the 10 year hiatus, whether that's like some of the the styles that might have been a little bit more popularized now. I think that moment was a bad time to release it. I'm not saying like, I will say this was probably one of the first albums that I listened to. And I was like, I could totally see why, why Mike wanted to review this. Ah. Uh, so, but with that, I would say that the, the timing was, was probably what went wrong. So a little bit kind of agreeing with you. All right. Now it's time for our fan tweets. And the first one comes from Mr. Pop official who says Fergie's double Duchess album was good. I stand firmly by that this is someone we both follow mike so we respect (laughs) this guy's opinion i know and you know mr pop knows pop so steve we have to give him credit where credit is due he's standing firm 100 percent, 27 likes too so people were rallying around for they were engaged in our, our world all right the second tweet comes from pop crave which says three years ago today Fergie released Milf Money as the second single from her second album, Double Duchess. The song was made to empower mothers and their sexuality, and its video featured famous moms like Sierra, Kim Kardashian, and Chrissy Teigen. It is now over 260 million views, which that's pretty solid. I mean, it's no WAP, but that's still pretty solid for YouTube views. That that video, Steve, like, did you watch it? It's, it's made for YouTube. Yes. All right, Mike, it's time for a 2021 review. So, Mike, flop or not, Fergie's flop. Fergie flop. It, that's it's simple, right? Now, I will say, Steve, there were a couple of good tracks on it, but it's largely a flop. And, you know, I also, we, we did not mention, but I feel like we always mention this, promotion was almost non-existent on this album. So that also played a factor into it. But, yeah, Fergie, you did it wrong. And, Steve, I'm going to say it now. Her and the Black Eyed Peas are just meant to be. They cannot be separate. Black Eyed Peas had a little bit of success without her now, but they just got to get back together and get it done. I agree with you. Uh, Double Duchess is a flop. It is Mm. probably one of the biggest flops we've reviewed. Wow. In in terms of a come down, commercial success, uh, and just like the rollout and uh, planning for this, I felt there was no way this was going to succeed when you saw this come out in 2017 after the failed attempts with the first two singles and like the 10 year hiatus, as well as like the sound on the album Mm -hmm. and then commercially to sell 120,000 less than the previous album in its first week. Objectively, this is, this is a flop. Yeah. Definition of it. All 
All right, Mike. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Another one in the books, the last track, my favorite time of the day. No, I started, <laughs> starting this podcast is my favorite time of the day. Mike. So if you have any thoughts on Fergie's Double Duchess, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and Instagram at Flopography Podcast. Also submit any thoughts on albums you'd like us to review in the future. Yeah, you can also do that through email if you're not on social at flopog. No, sorry, flopography podcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you're watching us, go to anchor.fm slash flopography podcast to listen to us if that is your jam or to share with your friends. And if you're watching us, like, comment, and subscribe because those things help us goose up in the algorithms. But thanks for your patience too. Oh my gosh. Like, I hope we didn't lose any listeners in the process, but Steve and I just needed a nice little reset. Yeah, we appreciate it. And uh, now I hope now I have to go make sure my dog hasn't torn apart my house and take him outside. But we we love you guys, and I can't wait to do this all over again in a week. So, Mike, good to see you, uh, and have a great you know time watching what like Hallmark movies this weekend or whatever people do. Uh, before I do not do that. I'm going to. Oh, I'm Jenny will love this. I'm going to Reputation's anniversary party at Scarlet on Friday. Oh, and she almost squealed. The entire album from start to finish are going to play. I'm excited. Oh, you can hear in the background. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll have to talk a little bit about that after we wrap. So anyway, yeah. guys, thanks again for uh, the great, great time. And we look forward to bringing the next episode to you guys. See you. Got bruises on my heart, plenty scars on my mind. Got blisters under the bandit over my life. Gonna rip it open and show the world what's there. Lord knows I'm not perfect.